Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, we are finally concluding our episode series with Mr. Eric Olson, who is running for the second congressional district out of Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, to be precise. We are, uh, this is a, um, a three-part series, and we are on our last and final episode of this three-part series. You know, Eric, I want to say welcome back. I'm sorry, I'm kind of asking you a whole bunch of questions, but I think it's good to have very good, healthy conversation, isn't it? Yeah, thank you, Sauce. It's really great. It's a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm happy to be here, and we're having a nice afternoon. We're drinking some tea, Yes. and that's, you know, nice, healthy. real great tea. And speaking, of, and speaking of tea, did you know that green tea actually reduces prostate cancer by 35%? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay. okay, so we're talking about, you know, you're running for Congress, and we're talking about key issues that are uh, plaguing this uh, district. And one other one, a major thing that's plaguing this district is the abortion situation. You know, in the most recent Supreme Court decision, uh, that brought the the decision from now from the federal level back to the state's level. What are your thoughts, or what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think? Like, what are you thinking when it comes to that? Like, do you think it should be at the state level, or do you think it should just get rid of it altogether? Well, so I'm Buddhist, as you know, and um, in Buddhism there's an idea that it's wrong to take lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Taking lives is, is a very, you know, it's not that it's not that there might not be some, some circumstances, you know, like uh, a self-defense or if a, um, a country was in a war and people had to defend their, their homeland, but it's a serious heavy deal. Okay. Yeah. And so one of my most cherished Buddhist teachers who I looked up to and who I really would have trusted completely with everything, her name was Hannah Nudal. And when somebody asked her about abortion, she said very clearly that as Buddhists, our job is to be the best friend to all beings. Mm -hmm. And we cannot be the best friend to beings by allowing them to be killed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so abortion, of course, we know is ending a life, you know, from that standpoint, it's very clear from what she said that the life begins at, at conception and then ending it is serious, very serious. That being said, I think that a lot of times people, it, it's, it's very much a shame that this, issue ever became political. Okay. Yeah. It should not have become political because even when I speak with people and I've had a lot of conversations with people who are in the, um, the other side of it, you know, and they see it more as a choice, a choice issue. But when one talks with them after a little while, then they say, well, we're actually not in favor of abortion. We think abortion is bad, but we just think that, you know, it's a woman's choice or whatever. So, and then there's people who are very extreme who think that um, it should be like a felony or something like that. I, I unequivocally, I think there should never be a time 
ever where a woman is charged with a crime of a misdemeanor or felony or any type of crime for making a decision like that if you know because this is a vulnerable time Mm -hmm. and people make a decision and the the system just simply it really doesn't work you know i mean like um the government when it gets involved in things it almost always screws it up i don't know if we can say that on the air but they 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 mess it up you know they mess it up and um and i i spent a very interesting afternoon one time with a man in el salvador who i had met who was a retired lawyer and he was doing free work for women in el salvador who were in jail or prison because they were charged with um the crime of abortion okay and he was he was very you know he was he was against abortion but he said that what actually happened there was that it was poor women who were getting charged with this crime and they were sitting in jail and he said a lot of times you know the people who he would represent when he would investigate he would find out they didn't do anything other than just have a pregnancy that then miscarried which happens a lot particularly when people are in situations of poverty or stress or whatever or maybe even they're being abused Mm -hmm. you know and then the government never never prosecutes the rich people they never prosecute the 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 powerful connected people it's just poor people who get prosecuted so we need to stop looking at things as the standpoint of political on the abortion issue it should not be political it should not be a thing where people are getting thrown in jail or prison that would be just a tremendous shame what we have to do is we have to work together and we have to work together in a very a very strong way so that right now in Wisconsin, we have like 6,400, 6,300, 6,400, 6,500 abortions each year. That number should be zero or very close to it. But it should be not because, oh, we got this law or whatever, we made it and now we throw someone in jail and have a big debate. Forget all that. We need to work together so that people feel taken care of and that they have actually contraceptives. I don't know what your beliefs on that are, but I think that they need to have the contraceptives if they're going to go that way. And then they don't have this issue happen. And then if it does happen, the support is there that they can make an educated decision and not not do the abortion. And then then and then there are some situations where it's the the health or a life and death thing. And then that has to be left to doctors, you know, and then because I actually know a lot of people in the medical profession who said, well, now in Wisconsin with this new decision they're not entirely sure at the hospitals like what the law is and then there could be a situation sometime where people have have a you know cancer or whatever i think there is a life of the mother exception in the old wisconsin law but but the point is it's it's like it's like a lot of things like um when if we would all work together in a spirit of brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever you want to call it but at like a big family working together to to end a problem um and do it effectively that would be a really beautiful thing and i think it's a thing that enough people agree upon the basic premise 
that it's that it's harmful and it's less than ideal that maybe that would be a really good thing to start working on together to get back into the habit of working together to solve our problems mm -hmm. you know so then what is your thoughts on exceptions you know because in the state of like i mean i'm just wondering like that whole exceptions because i feel like that could be abused in so many ways do you think that should do you think that there should be exceptions or no exceptions do i think so now you're talking about my own personal beliefs and what i'm saying there is that from the standpoint of buddhism a life is a life and i think right that, at conception what right at conception is right not a conception right yes yes yeah, yes yeah. well it is you yeah. know and i mean if it ends naturally because some you know i mean in nature and everything like that um miscarriages occur you know i mean and then i don't know it's a very fraught issue and so then you start talking about oh well we're gonna have these different exceptions i mean uh, you know i think historically there have been some societies where they feel like uh, a, a child doesn't even become a person until a certain age after birth that's okay? scary well it's very scary but i i bet you anything that from a future standpoint we're going to look back and we're going to say that not treating people as people when they were just not born yet is very scary people you know 50 years from now are going to talk and they're going to say i can't believe that there was ever a time when when people didn't acknowledge that a, a child maybe at eight months who could be delivered through a c-section and you know the as the technology has advanced it's more and more um possible to keep the children alive from an earlier time so to say that that it couldn't survive i mean it's um of course it could survive mm -hmm. so if it can survive with some intervention and then grow into a person and have dreams and loves and have a family and everything like that. But the point is we need to stop demonizing each other and painting each other as cartoon characters in this abortion thing. We have to realize that people have legitimate concerns about things. So how do we find a way to work together so that, you know, the, the, the path changes and we start going in a different direction. Killing is a very, 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 very heavy karma. Yeah. You know, it's very heavy. And and there's actually an article called by a guy called Daniel Reardon. I don't know if you know about this, but he had a, um, he just, he wrote an article compiling findings from many, many other articles and about how there's a, a fairly substantial correlation. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a cause, but there's a correlation between all sorts of mental health problems and abortion and it's a free article it would be worth reading if you ever have a chance it's about 40 pages long um i could send it to you and so it's not a good thing it's not a good thing it's also not a good thing for people to be put in impossible situations um that's why as a whole society we just have to do better and i think that would be a great place to start yeah so i don't know that I mean, I just think, I don't know, I don't know how we like move on or like 
unite people because I think that's one of the things that's dividing a lot of uh, the votes because you can see that the Democrats are pushing saying that it's the selection isn't about this election is about a woman's choice. It's mm. your choice. It's a woman's choice election. That's the thing that they're running on. And, you know, I think it's absolutely atrocious than pushing for late term abortions, like 60 days, like for instance, California and New York are leading the way of 60 days after the kid is born to now doing abortions. Well, it's actually, they call it abortions, but I call it straight murder. 60 days after the birth? After the birth, yep. There's a, a Democrat senator from both states introduced the bill. Well, and, I never and, heard of that, but that that's very scary. I mean... And see, and that's, when you when you have those kind of rhetoric, when you yeah. have that kind of rhetoric even, even on Capitol Hill, what you are doing is you are saying, you know what, you're opening up Pandora's box, and now you're saying that it doesn't matter what age limit you know, they are, you can say that that person is like, um, like you're pretty much getting rid of the, the human value that we have, you know? And this brings up to another... Well, if that's true, that's not good. But also, so I think a lot of the Democrats actually have kind of a party line, you know? So you know how sometimes there's like a, a party line or whatever that, um, that there's not a... Um, that there's not like a time limit, like after the first trimester or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's, I think that that's kind of unfortunate that they're, if they're going to, ultimately the voters have to decide what they want to go on. Okay. Yeah. And, and so as conservatives, if conservatives actually care, then we need to find a way to, convince people of our viewpoint so that they come around to doing it and we start slowly making this abortion thing a total thing of the past you yeah. know and it and i mean actually caring means working on ways to solve the problem so that you know back in the 80s there was something like 18,000 abortions a year in wisconsin yeah okay now it's down to 6,400 so if it's been cut by two-thirds there's no reason it couldn't be cut down to even more a, a very close to zero because then it would only be the ones where like, you know, the, sorry about that. Apparently there's, yeah, we're on a busy street here. Yeah. Sorry about that. So anyway, but so the, so that's what it, so see, I think a lot of times, unfortunately it's what happens is people care more about political victory and rhetoric than actually solving problems mm -hmm. because it is good when a court or a law gets passed but what's more important is when the problem actually gets solved so for example somebody could come and say i i um was part of this thing and we passed this tremendously great legislation to fix the situation at the border vote for me my yeah. question would be is the situation at the border actually fixed or did you just pass a law and spend a whole bunch of our money when we're already $30 trillion in debt and it's still a mess? Yeah. Because if they passed a law and spent the money and it still isn't working and we're more in debt, I call that a failure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so we, we have, 
we have to hold our politicians accountable to actually start fixing things. Yeah. Fixing the abortion issue would not, in my mind, mean getting all sorts of laws passed and now there's a bunch of people in jail and a lot of even more people with bad feelings. It would mean figuring out a way to get everybody on the same page, fix it, not have it happening anymore, and it's kind of a thing of the past. Yeah. Well, I also think... Um... Oh, and speaking, you brought up a good point, actually. Well, you know, and and may I add, with everybody happy, with everybody feeling taken care of, yep. and and with a general good feeling in society. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of making everyone happy, and you know, the politicians saying that uh, they did this thing, said, "Well, for me, is the most recent uh, what Biden did for the student forgiveness loan." So. As a congressman, if you get elected, what are you going to do to somehow, do you think that, would you be supportive of forgiving everyone's student loans? Or what are your, what are your thoughts on the student loan forgiveness program? Like uh, if you make under twenty to $10,000 a year, or actually if you make a hundred, if you make under $120,000 a year, you then can get your student loans forgiven. But then I did the math on it. You know how much that would cost the taxpayers? No. $600 billion to a trillion. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? I don't think we should forgive any student loans. I mean, I think that if people borrow the money, as I did, then they have to pay it back over time, as I'm doing, and then eventually they, they pay it back. Now... But the, the problem is that some people can't pay it back because they don't make enough money to pay it back. And then they're stuck with this tremendous debt. And the thing is that you can't generally get rid of the federal student loans through bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's wrong because in any business, if a bank would lend to somebody to start a um, restaurant or a business or whatever it is, and it works out and that's great. They make the interest and they earn the money and that's how banks are supposed to operate. And then if the restaurant doesn't work out, um, then the restaurant can declare bankruptcy and then, um, you know, it's a clean slate or whatever. Of course they have a bankruptcy on their history, but um, that's how the law works. Now the federal student loans and maybe some of the other ones, I don't know how it works, but generally, all, not, certainly a large part of them, if maybe not all of them, can almost never be wiped away in bankruptcy. Well, that's, guess what that does? That makes it so that they're thinking, oh, well, we can just lend infinite amounts of money to these students because they can't ever get out of it in bankruptcy. So it's a very solid loan, right? Yeah. And so then they're loaning all this money that in reality they should never be loaning. And guess what happens with the money? They go and pay exorbitant costs for school and then guess what happens then the schools say oh we're awash in all this money from all this loan money coming in let's build all these facilities or whatever i think education is way overpriced of what it ever should be and it's been fueled by the easy lending of student loans that can never be bankrupted so unfortunately we're gonna in my opinion we just have to bite the bullet and say um, that, you know, maybe there can be 
parameters that people have to make some best efforts to pay them or whatever, but the bankruptcy is going to be available to get rid of them if they want to. And then in the future, the student loan lenders should know, hey, if you're not careful with how much you're lending people, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because they're going to declare bankruptcy and then the portfolio is not going to be good. And maybe, you know, you won't get the promotion or whatever, but the same way anybody is motivated. Yeah. So then they'd be more careful and say, well, we can't just lend infinite amounts of money to somebody who's not going to probably have the capacity to pay it back. And then guess what would happen? Then there would be a lot of schools or colleges or universities or technical schools that would say, well, um, there's a whole category of people here that will maybe only be available a little bit of student aid. So we have to provide lower cost alternatives for education. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have everybody stuck with these crazy amounts of student debt for degrees that are not likely to ever result in, in, in jobs and lifestyle situations that make it possible to pay it back. Well, like there's this degree, I think in Madison where you can get women's gender studies. Right. Now what, <clears throat> What are you going to do with the women's gender studies? Go to work at McDonald's or what? Or like work at a fast food place? I mean, and another thing is like... Well, well can I comment on that? Oh, please? absolutely. Go for it. Be because that's actually a very interesting thing because a lot of those programs that have like... And I don't want to say all of them or necessarily even women's gender studies, but there's a lot of programs with that are essentially very close to just being political indoctrination. And then what what happens is, OK, that person has gone through. They've been very thoroughly exposed to Marxist leaning authors, you know, in, in all the course reading that they do. And they come out of it with really a lot of times a somewhat anti-American viewpoint. Yep. And then they get. Sometimes maybe they end up in, in low paying jobs, but I think a lot of times they may end up also in um, HR departments in different places and government positions and things like that. So they are getting, so it's actually very dangerous. You know, we have to, we have to take a very, very hard look at what is getting taught in our schools and our universities and make sure that it is things consistent with the constitution and the idea of America and the idea of individual freedoms and the idea of a bill of rights. And we have to understand that Marxism is poison, yep. pure and simple. It's poison and it's poisonous seeds that become planted in people's minds. And what they, what they grow into is darkness, misery and pain. Yep. That's what Marxism grows into. So as long as we are tolerating a higher education system that's teaching these anti-American ideals and then essentially charging a lot of money to do it, we, we, we have a, an unusually odd situation in this country. So I would, I think, as a starting point, we have to allow people to declare bankruptcy, but but we have to take a hard look at how do we get education back on track. Yeah. So with that on point, I want to say thank you so much for doing this three-part series. And do you have any of the list for the listeners that are listening? Do you have like any final thoughts, like anything to 
anything else that's on your mind as we're going to conclude? I would say, you know, I am, I'm a, a Buddhist, but I have the greatest love and respect for Christianity and for people who have faith, who have a strong Christian faith or Jewish faith, cherish that because that is like having a deep faith in a creator is one of the greatest sources of joy that can exist for humans and not just joy, but of strength and protection. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those are, that's a good message. Well, I want to say, um, on November 8th, make sure to go out and vote for Mr. Eric Olson for the second congressional district. And if you're already, if you, uh, early voting started today, I think, yeah, started today through November 7th. And do not forget, if you already sent in, uh, if your absentee ballot is coming in, you are welcome to drop it off. I don't know how that works. Or well, how does absentee ballot work uh, in this area? Well, I'll tell you one thing, which is very interesting. You got three minutes. Okay. And this is something for all you listeners out there. If you know how to go look at the Wisconsin statutes online, look at 6.84 of the Wisconsin statutes, which very clearly says the legislative policy of the state of Wisconsin is that voting in person is a right that is supposed to be vigorously encouraged. Voting by absentee ballot is a privilege which is supposed to be carefully regulated because it can lead to all sorts of ills, like up to and including fraud. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not sure what else to say about that. If you can vote in person, if you can vote by, by absentee, I would encourage you to get that ballot and go vote absentee in person, yep. show up and go down, take that ballot down to your polling place and actually fill it out in the um, area there and drop it with them. Because I do think that our democratic tradition, did you know that in France, it's all in person, it's all day of, it's all on paper. I think we're one of the few countries that do absentee ballots. Yeah, and I think that I think it's a I think it's a mistake. I think yeah. that it leads to hurt feelings no matter what, and I think we need to get back on track of doing it the way that it says in six point eight four of the Wisconsin yeah. statute. And I also think that the absentee ballot is just another gateway to cheat your way through. If you don't get your way, you can just nibble at it, just like. But that's for another subject for a different day. Well, I hope you guys can tune in uh, to this three part series, and I want to say again, thank you to Mr. Eric Olson for joining. Uh, me and don't forget to vote for him on November 8th and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you. Sons. No problems. <laughs>